And, uh, because the statistics are the best. The Welcome back to the Barefoot Punter. I'm your host as always, the Mug, your co-host, the Pope, and the Mother is with us as well. And of course, we take our inspiration from the Barefoot Investor. But instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the 2023 NRL and AFL season. And it's a big, big welcome back to the program, to the Pope. Mug, I've been waiting for this for weeks. So I felt very, very down last week that I missed it. Listened to the performance of the three of you and it was superb. So a lot for me to live up to coming off the bye in round one for myself. But very happy to be back and obviously to be part of this again for season 2023. Fantastic to have you back, Pope. And uh, you're looking fresh from your little sojourn up there in Queensland. So, mate, coming back fresh, tanned, manicured beard and ready to go. So uh, good to have you with us, mate. And a big welcome back to the program, to the Modler. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Good to uh, good to have Lee back last week, and even better to have Pope back first up. It's uh, he's a soft sore eyes as, as the Pope, so can't wait to get his thoughts today. Nah, very good, and uh, plenty of t- plenty to talk about from the weekend of NRL action. Modler, some really close games, and uh, a couple of big turnups for the books there too. So we'll uh, we'll definitely talk into that when we get to betting review, but. Last week, Pope, in your absence, we um, we went back in time and, and talked a little bit about the barefoot journey, and we also talked about our own punting journeys. So I was hoping, Pope, you might be able to just uh, reacquaint the listening audience with yourself and, um, and I guess, t- talk to us about your punting journey, what sort of got you started, how did you get going, and um, and what are your, your sports of choice, and where do you think that you have the best lean, uh, the best angle, the best edge in the betting that you actually partake in. So, mate, I might uh, might hand it over to you if you don't mind. And, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, Pope. Yeah, thanks, Mug. I'll, I'll go through that chronologically a little bit. I won't, I won't touch too much on um, probably the, self, the self-analysis the self side of thing, but I've been in the industry now probably seven years, roughly. Um, and that prior to that, Pretty much, you know a lot. As it turns out, like it's very casual in terms of your mates at the pub, how you analyse sport, um, the type of analysis they're due, their etc. Like they're up for it this week, that sort of type thing, which which now sounds so bizarre as um, how you analyse sport. But that's probably the starting point. And then obviously getting involved in the industry in 2016, that's when it all sort of changed. And and two men who very closely podcast heart actually played a big role in in probably my learning curve, um, Mug, in terms of the stats man and the logical one. I sat between the two of them in my first job in the industry. So um, especially the logical one was well-renowned as a guru in the industry at that point. So I was fortunate. He, he still likes to tell a story that I was one of the more nervous human beings he's ever come across on day one. So I've he likes to tell stories. that story. You've heard those ones? <laughs> I, think, I, I, think, I, think, I think most of Victoria have. So that's, um, but that was a high education and I learned a lot there. And what I thought I know earlier, I didn't know as it turns out. And, and I was lucky enough to be involved in AFL, funnily enough, as it turns out, and work with those two gentlemen. And um, it, was a, it was a steep learning curve that first 12 months, but proved really beneficial in terms of my punning education. Um, and probably the initial part was to have a low ego in terms of how I viewed where I'm at, probably learn off them. Um, 
my stakes were very different to Logical's ones as a starting point there, Mug. So probably just for one, understand where you're at um, and then find what, what works for you a little bit. Um, so obviously tell into their knowledge, but how you bet, the patterns you bet, what you, the way you see it's going to differ, but um, the education process is still the most important part. And then you adapt it to your own individual needs a little bit or the way you want to the way you want to go about your betting, um, which to this day would differ from Statsman or Logical ones. So cool. that's probably the, the background of how I started. Um, and then I guess that the key part of it now to, to probably summarise that a little bit is the main areas where I bet now is where through knowledge, data, um, experience is where you think you've got an edge. And that's basically down to percentages where, where you think you've got a percentage edge through your analysis compared to what the market is that's how I bet now, as opposed to probably just the more ad hoc nature, which is what a lot of us do do. Um, try and stay away from that and be a bit more disciplined and and only bet where there is an edge. And that edge could be 5%, 10%. That's still enough to realise over time that that will turn out to be profitable. Yeah, cool, mate. And your sport, obviously you're on here. NRL is your passion. You talk about betting on our NRL. Uh, that's the main go for you? Yep. Outside of when I've had nine beers, the the, the two sports I probably try and steer, stick to now are NRL and cricket to some extent. And even then, if I fill out a loop with cricket, I won't I won't bet it. But um, they're the two I absorb the most historically and still to this day. I, I enjoy the most. So um, they are the two I bet into. Outside of that, I I wouldn't bet too often into other sports now. Yeah, and and markets, Pope. Where, where do you where do you play? Like where 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 do you feel you have your edge? Is it you know the the core markets, or do you sort of drift off and and head into some more of the exotic property sort of stuff? I wouldn't say I'm overly selective, but generally generally the core, and I'd, I'd include player stuff in that band of core now. That yeah, in most sports, yeah. it's it's fairly liquid high impact, high interest. So I'd include the players, but um, I'd probably say half a dozen markets across both sports is how, I, how I'd bet now. Um, but I, I do a fair bit of research and background into it and, and do look fairly extensively into what's on offer. However, um, generally still, you can, find, you can find angles on those six to eight core markets that um, if you're disciplined enough, you, do, you don't have to go searching into derivatives too, too heavily really. Yeah, awesome, mate. Well, uh, fantastic, uh, Pope, for you to share that. So thank you so much. And I'm sure that the listening audience appreciates that they're dealing with a uh, a serious um, a serious man when it comes to punting on, on the NRL. And that's why we've got you on the podcast, man. We love having you on here for your insight. So thank you for sharing that with the listening audience. So we might uh, we might wind back um, to last week, Modler, and just uh, talk about some betting review just to take us back through a few of those games and maybe just uh, remind, um, uh, remind us all of some of the stuff that actually went down on the weekend in the NRL because there was some incredible stuff. Yeah, it was a cracking first round, wasn't it? Uh, and and starting with the uh, Thursday night game, Eels versus Storm. So I think I mentioned on the potty last week, I had a slight uh, lean to para. Um, they couldn't, yeah, quite get couldn't it done. Obviously, it's a golden point that game. And yep. and even if you'd taken the handicap, you might have felt, uh, uh, you know, somewhat uh, like you were still in with the chance. But Harry Green ends up scoring a try in, in yep. golden point. Typically, it's sort of field goals that, that break it into golden point, but Harry Grant scored a try and that's broken the uh, broken the handicap there. So no good on that one. Uh, I think my biggest play of the weekend was uh, Knights over Warriors. Um, yeah. They ended up losing by eight in the end, but um, 
when they were down by uh, by I think it was four or two maybe late in the game, they were sort of getting a few repeat sets and uh, looking like yeah, right on on the Warriors line, they they might sort of crack over. And Ponga was doing some nice things, and then he ends up getting caught up for a HIA and. And, uh, oh, we spoke about we, we yeah. spoke about it last week. Ponga's noggin, and he gets done by. It is, yeah, it's the, uh, it's the glass jaw, I think. Oh. <laughs> Ponga, but um, yeah, so not not so much a bad beat, but um, yeah, could have could have yep. gone our way there. Um, and then uh, the other games I think I spoke to were Manly. I think I mentioned the thirteen plus for them, and they covered easy against uh, the Bulldogs. Yeah, great. Uh, North Queensland only just got home against uh, the Raiders, and mm. the other one I mentioned was. I think the Dolphins, I, I rated four bucks against the six bucks at the time. I think that drifted out even more towards $7. Um, you know, if you took the plus, obviously, it was pretty smooth sailing. And if you happen to, to jump on them for the, uh, for the, for the win, then even better. Yeah, I mean, it reminded me uh, back in the day of Hawthorne uh, versus Adelaide. Adelaide's first game in the caper and uh, the Hawks with the reigning premier, if I'm not mistaken, went over there and Adelaide, as the new franchise, absolutely smashed them. And, uh, geez, Modler, for all money, I thought thought the Roosters were going to smash the new franchise up there. No-name players, no, you know, really lacking on a list – point of view and roosters as we know you know most people are talking about them as i think being a a top eight team if i'm not mistaken and um they go up there and get absolutely pantsed in the end embarrassed that's right yeah it's it's interesting too prior to the round a few few bookies had round specials up and they had roosters to be the highest scoring team in the round and then they had uh I think it was Panthers to be second highest scoring team, and they both end up coming away with losses. So, just yeah, it goes to show round one's a bit of a bit of an unknown factor. Um, and and you know, you're throwing the Dolphins, you know, coming out from scratch, you, you just really don't know what you're going to get there, do you? And uh, Pope, I know you were. Um... I know you were on uh, respite or you were taking some leave leave of absence uh, there on the weekend, but I'm sure you would have consumed uh, a little bit of uh, football in your um, sojourn. Um, what were some of the things that you saw or, or what, what was interesting to you over the weekend? The quality stood out to me, Mug, for, for round one. I thought it was really high, high intensity, high quality. Um, the scoring didn't quite indicate that, but Generally, you get a level of clunkiness early in a season, quite yep. understandably. That wasn't there so much. Like I, I thought the quality was, was really high. Games are really interesting, and the score lines depicted that. Like Some really interesting results, which public, like, I guess, heightens public interest early. Like You see the team that's been the most dominant team for the last yep. three years get Broncos. beaten as big favourite. Yep. Yeah. Um, you see the new franchise win, which is a good story to have. So... It tied into, I think, a really, really Titans impressive round one. Big yeah. win for the Titans. So that was yeah, that. Titans round. And there was a golden point game to kick off the year. Two others with the narrowest of margin. So I thought it was, I thought it was really high quality weekend. Cracking round. Um, all right, guys. Uh, awesome stuff. Modler, did we see any bad beats out there? Um, no, nothing. Nothing really jumps out to mind in the league. I might, if I, if I can, because I, I don't think we spoke to bad beats last week. There was. One that was floating around uh, from the Super Bowl of all things. So uh, I heard on the grapevine there was a thousand to one uh, same game multi uh, riding on it, and the last leg uh, standing was a guy called Jerick McKinnon to get any time uh, any time touchdown. And if you happen to watch the Super Bowl right at the end, you've probably uh, seen Jerick, and he, he was uh, for all intents and purposes home for a touchdown. 
he's decided to slide and take a knee on the one yard line uh, to chew up a bit of time on the clock and, and oh, yeah. sort of boost their chance to win. So, um, yeah, there was some some punter out there who saw a, a thousand to one same game multi, uh, you know, blow up uh, right in front of his eyes. So that was that was pretty much as bad as bad as you can get. I if I'm not mistaken, there was a couple of big uh, bookmakers in America that had like like fifty million dollar swings on the back of a couple of these instances in the uh, in, in the NFL, just with all the multis going because it's such a high scoring game that one more would have just tipped it way over. And uh, that's right. Yeah, there was yeah. Uh, a few a few uh, riding on the uh, riding on on Mahomes to get over overs on his um, passing yards, and I think he, he only. He fell a little bit short, but um, yeah, it sort of he was he was looking like he'd go overs for most of the game, and then yeah, yeah, yeah a few few uh, few uh, uh, bookies breathing a sigh of relief after that one. I'd say. Yeah, no, no doubt that'll make or break your year. Um, Pope, uh, we might jump back into some futures because I know uh, you missed the show last week, but uh, I believe you still had some player stuff up your sleeve uh, that you just wanted to talk to from a future perspective from NRL. Yeah, I'll just add to the bad beats there. So I think Parramatta Plus was a was a bad beat mug. They were well backed at plus, plus three and a half, two and a half. Um, goes to Golden Point, which not too many games go to have Golden Try decide. Yeah. In extra time, so to get and, if you're on the plus there, yeah, very hard done by. And and Pope, I wondered in the game, like, would have would have Harry would have the coach had words with Harry Grant after that game? Like, was that the right play for a player to do that, or or was that a selfish play, or would do you think uh, the coach is happy for him to see that moment and do that, or like? I don't know. Like, yeah, I was I was wondering that after the game. Like, is that is that something that the coach is happy with or not? Yeah, I think Harry would have the license to, if he sees it, then he's got the license to be able to go for it. However, if that doesn't pay off and he gets tackled, you take out your dummy half who's not going to be at who's not going to be at hooker, and then you've got someone who's not familiar with passing the ball back 15 metres to set up the field goal. So if if that didn't work, like it, it creates a problem for Storm because they're probably not going to get as great opportunity for the field goal. So yeah. you'd want to be pretty sure that that opening's what you think is there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's, yeah. he's an instinctive player, so I think he'd have the license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I still come back to it, Pope. I, I watch um, I watch him and Cook from South, and I know I've said it on the podcast before. I don't know why more halfbacks don't attack the um, the ruck situation. Like, like they... they pick the ball up and run at the line with speed every single time. And it, to me, as a layman looking in, just feels like they gain 10 easy meters for their team every time by the quick, um, what do you call it? The quick play of the ball, the speed of the play of the ball. Why don't more players do that? The simple answer is probably that they're drilled in the, the structure so much. So they're told on this play, we're doing this. This is what you do on play four. This is who you give the ball to on play five, give it to the halfback here in this position. Like it's, it's yeah, okay. traditionally been so structured. It's in the last couple of years, it's moved back towards a more eyes up type, type football. Yeah. But historically now that they come up through the grades, being told what to do, like the, the big example is probably how players in centers back row play, like their right side, their left side, they stay in a 10 meter channel. So it's such a structured it's such a structured style of football that's been prevalent the last five to ten years that they're probably thinking, give it to 
it's going through the head, give it to X player at this position. We're not thinking what's in front of them so much. Yeah, right. Um, and that's why, you know, as you point rightly point out, like Harry, Cook, Happy Coruscant, like they're yeah. they're the big three now, and and they play eyes up football when the opportunity arises. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like a no brainer to me, but not uh, not to be. Um, anyway, we digress. Pope, talk to us. NRL futures. Yeah, I think in coming weeks we'll probably identify a few more opportunities when the win loss record becomes a little bit more pronounced, Monk, and that will reflect itself in the futures pricing as well. But I have spotted a few player markets, futures markets, which is top try scorer, top point scorer. So for top try scorer, and I'm working off uh, our very our very able sponsor, topsport.com.au, as our prices here, but Josh Adokar, top try scorer at $11, I find quite attractive mug yep. for top NRL try scorer. He finished equal fourth in the try scoring positioning last year in a pretty impotent team attack-wise. So yep. for the first 10 to 12 rounds, they were they were really poor in attack. Um, and he still managed 16 tries for the year. Well behind Alex Johnson, I might add. But I think with a better start to the year, that he'll be right up there. And he is second favourite, but $11, I think, is quite quite attractive for Josh. The the second player there is Kyle Felt for North Queensland Cowboys. So they're, again, expected to be uh, a real contender this year based on the futures pricing of the competition. And him at $31, I think he'll get plenty of opportunities on that right edge mug. So I, th- I think he's a really attractive bet there at, at 31 for Kyle. All right, beautiful, Pope. So uh, so two player um, futures there from the Pope uh, top strike, the try scorer market. So you're into Addo Carr, Kyle Felt from the Cows, mate. Uh, really love that stuff. So thank you for that, Pope. Anything else there, mate, that's sort of just uh, bubbling away? Yeah, on, on the same theme, top point scorer, Mug. Uh, and it- Another two-player strategy here. The, the first one's fairly short. It's Ruben Garrick at $4.40. And according to Top Sport, that's a three-way favourite market there. There's three players at, at $4.40. Luttrell, Ruben Garrick, and the third one has lost me at the moment. Uh, Val, Val Holmes. So yep. Garrick, all of them have try-scoring potential, but Garrick has the most potential there, being a winger. His in-four trials will be higher than Val's and Luttrell's. Um, a little bit of a caveat that that's probably on the basis that Turbo is going to play the whole year and we know he's injury-prone, but let's work on what we know and, and Turbo's available. I think Garrett plays wing in a team that's probably on the up, Manly. Yep. Showed on the weekend, they've got points in them. He's their goal scorer as well. So I think he's going to get plenty of opportunity. So $4.40 for Ruben. I think that's, that's a good bet at the price. Cognizant of the fact that $4.40 is not overly attractive. For a season-long bet, so I think if you want to have a throw at the stumps, Zach Lomax eighty-one dollars is something that might be of interest. I think it's worth having a little five or tenner on Zach at eighty-one in a poor team on paper. Dragons aren't meant to perform, but they outperformed expectation last year. They generally are a high-scoring team, poor defensively, but they score points. And despite having a poor try scoring year last year, Zach has the potential to, to have a big year crossing the drop as well. So I think he's worth a bet at $81.
Okay, good, Pope. That's uh, that's excellent, mate. So uh, we've got the four uh, player um, prop stuff there that you mentioned. So, mate, that's awesome. And I think you're going to come back to us potentially, Pope, with some team stuff, maybe depending on how this weekend plays out, you might have something for us next week. So we'll eagerly await that from you. Yeah, I've got a couple lined up, Mug, depending on what transpires this weekend. Yeah, awesome, mate. Um, all right, guys, I'm going to just uh, go into some AFL futures here, Pope and uh, Modler, and this is just some stuff that I've I've backed myself. I, I I think I've said on previous podcasts, I'm not huge on, on the future stuff, but I do like to have a, a little go um, each year, and um, and last year was pretty profitable for me um, from the, uh, the the futures point of view. We um, potted. Uh, Melbourne from a premiership perspective last year and uh, potted the dogs and we were up on the swans last year. Um, so hopefully the, the listeners uh, took note of that. Um, but this year um, I'm following the snat, uh, the stats man in on Melbourne. Like I, I just, uh, I think that $7 price uh, that he spoke about last week was attractive. So I've had some of that for myself at uh, six fifty, still floating around most places. I, I still think, that's not too bad. When you consider um, for most of the year, the demons sat below $4 or or thereabouts. And it wasn't really till we got to those latter stages of the final series where it, they were going to, uh, um, you know, they will staring down the barrel that that price started to go out a little bit. So, you know, that recency bias that we often talk about, um, you know, they, they, they didn't get the result that they wanted come, you know, the, the pointy end of the season and, you know, that price falls from, you know, it was, I think if memory serves me, I think it was down as low as three, three forty uh, at different times uh, last year. And now you're getting a price at $7.650. Um, I think that's not bad, bad bidding. So happy to, to follow the stats man in on that one. And I have, um, I think Brisbane, uh, just as we mentioned, I, I think Brisbane, finished top four and and I really think Brisbane uh, I've spoke to logical about this he, he doesn't necessarily agree agree with me uh, previously but I think for Brisbane to be a really legitimate Premiership chance they need to finish top two if I'm if I'm really you know honest um, but I think they can I, I think they can finish top two this year so I think they finished top four anyway. That that gives them a real good shot at the premiership. I think that eight dollars uh, sixty, eight dollars eighty, sort of floating around. I think you might be able to get a little bit of that at Betfair. I think that's an attractive. Uh, well, I, I I think it's a decent price. Like I don't think you're going to see massive fluctuations on that price all year just based on that really solid home ground advantage. They might lose one away here or there, but. They're going to win, you know, majority of those home games, which I think keeps that price pretty in check. And um, and they've shown that they've improved on the road as well. So I think that price stays pretty solid for most of the year, uh, if not improves. Um, so I'm happy to uh, happy to take them. I think there's a couple of strategies here, Pope, uh, on a bit of a um, a back to lay. I think on uh, Frio and Port. You know, I, I know um, I sort of spoke last week about some deficiencies in Port Adelaide and some deficiencies in Fremantle. But the reality of it is Freo has a really good run into the year and they, they could win their first five or so games and, and be really up and running. And I think that price of, you know, 18 or so, you know, gets knocked down a, a bit in the early stages of the season. So 
Uh, I think Freo is not the worst bet right now. I'm not saying that that's a bet you should be holding for the whole year, and I'll update the audience uh, when we get into that uh, in a few weeks' time, but I think it's not a bad bet now. And um, and Port for the same reasons. Port have pretty two pretty tough games in the first two. They got Brisbane at home, which I haven't done my weekly prices yet, but um, you know that'll be a fairly tightly marked game. Port at home, um, so you know there won't be a lot between them. I don't think there when when I price that one up, uh, that could go either way. And then. Um, maybe a tougher assignment for Port, if I'm not mistaken, they come over and play um, Collingwood at the MCG. So so you could argue there's two pretty tough games there for Port, but they could pinch one of those. Um, then they've got a run of about five games that they should be winning. You know, So if they can pinch one of those games in the first two and then get on a real run, I think you could see that price of you know, 20, 21, 22 sort of you know, come right in a little bit. And then there might be a chance to to lay a bit back uh, the other way. So so Frio and Port, I'm, I'm running with a bit of a back-to-lay strategy with those those two teams uh, from the get-go. And then probably probably Carlton. I'm probably happy to lay Carlton. Um, and I think there's, you know, in a couple of weeks' time might be a better better time to, um, to back them back out the other way. So that's sort of my thoughts on uh, premiership betting at the moment, Pope. Happy to take Melbourne and Brisbane straight out at the moment. A uh, couple of um, back to lay and uh, one lay to back uh, strategy on the premiership market right now. That's really comprehensive, Mug, and I think our listeners will really appreciate that. To slight change of tact, anything from the preseason, I'll rephrase that. Did the preseason games have any value for you in terms of how you thought about the your futures betting at this point in the season? Not at all, Pope, and um, and I actually haven't watched any of it, and I haven't engaged in any of it. Um, I did uh, the only thing I, I'll admit that I did was I looked at the stats from the Richmond Melbourne game just to see who played for Richmond, and uh, and I noticed that a few key Richmond players were subbed out at different times. I don't even know what time of the game that was, but I noticed that. Uh, Lynch and I think Pressier got injured um, and I think they had another key sub out um, at, at one point. So, mate, I haven't, I, I take very little uh, information out of those games. If I'm, if I'm completely honest, um, I don't watch them and, um, and I don't, yeah, I, I, I will, when I go to price up my games, I'll probably go back and look at some squads that actually played and just, just look at some stats. Um, but yeah, you can. You never really understand the psyche of a team going into those things, or, or so I, I don't put much weight on it at all, Pope. If if I'm honest, no, that, and I think that's general consensus, isn't it, from more educated point of view? But um, just interested to get your take, obviously, at this stage of the year, because I think everyone says they don't pay much credence to the preseason games, but when they preseason games get played, all of a sudden that they seem yeah, to yeah, value yeah. In, in terms of how people <laughs> yeah. view. Them. No, not 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 for me. Um, uh, and and I mean, I'm I'm a bit the same in round one too, Pope. Like I've said to the audience over the years, and I'll probably say it again next week. I'll I'll have some leans, no doubt, but I tend to probably pull back a little bit on my betting uh, in round one, and just just you know, I, I'm uh, you know probably a little bit. You've spoken about it before, the recency bias. Then you start to get into the rhythm of a season. You get a three, four week block. You're starting to get some trends going. You, you're starting to get a little bit of data to start to, you know, ramp up your bets. Um, 
if anything, there might be some outsiders in the first week that we sort of try and jump into. But on the whole, I think that first sort of preseason nut and and even first week of the AFL, I'm probably a bit gun shy in uh, in launching into to too much stuff before we've sort of seeing the real stuff in action. Um, that's sort of how I like to to go about it. Continuing on uh, with a little bit more uh, future stuff, Pope. So. I uh, I joined Statsman. I followed Statsman in on Fife leading goal kicker. I thought that makes a bit of sense, uh, even though I think his goal kicking stinks. But, um, you know, the reality of it is they, they don't really have many other options down there. So I, I think that makes sense. Um, for the Coleman, um, Ben King coming back, I, I think there's a bit of merit in that. You know, a lot of people think that um, Gold Coast Suns can improve. I think there's some $36 out there somewhere. I think I saw that at tab. Um, so Ben King, I don't mind that for the Gold Coast Suns. It's a couple of years ago before he did his knee, he kicked uh, 50. Um, you know, he's, he's the prize bull. And, um, you know, if, if Gold Coast have a good year, he has a good year, then uh, then he he could be right up there. And I think at the price, it's not a bad little, you don't have to have much on it at 36. Uh, you can have a little 10 or 20 on that one uh, just for an interest. Um Adelaide's uh, and I'll I, I put these bets. I, I, I listened to Bucks on Monday morning. I was a bit disappointed with Bucks on uh, on the Monday morning footy show because he basically talked up all the bets I like, and I I like the listeners to know I put my bets on before the uh, the weekend started. Um, so uh, so I had Adelaide in the eight at uh, five dollars. Uh, so I don't mind that. Um, it's just a bit of an outsider there, and. I've got a little multi for the listeners. Um, they might uh, might enjoy this one. I've spoken about Brisbane already. I think the over 14 and a half for them uh, should be getting made. Um, GWS under nine and a half, as per Statsman's comments last week, happy to throw that in. As with the North under 6.5, I, I do think they really battle. And, uh, and the Saints, Pope, I, I just really feel the Saints are going to battle uh, this year. And uh, a line of 10 and a half. So, you know, they've got to get 11 wins to clear it, which, you know, is pretty much knocking on the door of the finals. I just don't see the Saints doing that. You know, I think there's there's plenty of other better teams in the comp uh, than than the Saints. So, um, so, mate, just a little multi there. Brisbane over 14 and a half. GWS under nine and a half. North under six and a half. St Kilda under 10 and a half. And that was spitting out eight. Dollars fifty-seven for me, um, and I picked that one up at the tab. Lets you do that. So, um, so if you want to get stuck into that, um, that was one that I've I've had anyway. So, Pope, that pretty much uh, rounds out the uh, futures discussion for AFL, and uh, I guess from the bets that I've had and the bets that I'll be having, that'll do me. That's uh, that's it for the mug. I don't do. <laughs> uh, as I said, I'm not massive. I'm not like the stats man where he's he's got um, you know plenty of bets on, on the futures that'll do me, but, um, but hopefully the listening audience uh, might be interested in some of those. Yeah. Really quality stuff. I think Muggan wets the appetite nicely at this stage of the season for AFL. And I think it's worth touching on that. Uh, we plan to have stats men here next week where yourself and him can go through, obviously any more futures bets. And then the round one games we've, we've obviously got to negotiate stats man's appearance fee that that's a week to week thing that we've got to work through, but hopefully we can find the sweet spot for him. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, okay, good stuff. Well, boys, we're going to jump in and talk uh, the season proper NRL. We're coming up for round two. And of course, our prices are coming to you from Top Sport. And, um, you know, Top Sport are sponsoring the show this year. And we're delighted to have them back on board. And I think um, 
you know, and and I, I know all the listening audience that bet with Top Sport would know this, but uh, they're just a quality organization. You know, great Australian, um, great Australian business. And I know Tristan has a very strong ethic and a very strong ethos about the way punting, sh- you know, a way a punting business should run. And um, and he is all about the punter and uh, and trying to do the very best for the punter that he can uh, with some of the limitations that he has in his business model at the moment. He's still trying to do it. He's e- absolute utmost to give the punter um what they need and deserve and uh mate i just think they're a great organization and it's the organization that i wanted to be associated with and um yeah delighted to have them on board pope so excited that top sport have come on so uh support them and uh because they support the show pope let's get stuck into it modler let's get fired up get the get the computer ticking over mate get the buttons clicking because uh here we go round two nrl and boys this is a huge game very interesting uh fixture this one penrith on the thursday night uh hosting uh the rabbits here pope Penrith, $1.50, so short price favorite coming off the loss, $2.60, the Rabbits, and the line, $5.50, $1.85, Penrith, the favorite, and uh, we got the plus, uh, $5.50, Rabbits, $1.95. Pope, lead us off. A lot of intrigue and interest in this one, Mm. Mug, mainly on the back of where Penrith are at at the moment. Back-to-back 13-12 losses, if you include the World Club Challenge, and then being done by the Broncos, so... Seemingly, they're not the team that they were, and they've had some well-documented losses to their personnel. So this takes on a lot of interest and for the defending premiers, two-time defending premiers, to be 0-2. Mm. That would obviously obviously be very significant. So a fair bit to consider in this game and a lot of interest. From a betting perspective, having a look right now, they're, they've, been, they've been back seemingly at topsport.com.au mug. They're into... $1.85 minus five and a half. So that's starting to get to the point where I find that hard to bet into. Um, that was minus four and a half earlier in the day, $1.90, and, and I like that. But um, sort of getting out to that magical six number at, at odds on, it's it's a little bit less enticing. So as we talk, I'd probably look at something around 13 plus for Penrith. I like Penrith here, despite the narrative, they, they have still only conceded 13 points in round one and 13 points of the World Club Challenge. So their defence is still holding up mug and I think you'll see them come out um, with a little bit of points to prove at home. So I'd be looking at a price at 13 plus. Something a bit more exotic would might be South under points yep. in, in this game too for um, an angle we don't go down too often. But I think that's a pretty sensible play that um, that's a bedrock of how they play Penrith. So South Sunders or 13 plus the Panthers are how to play this one. Yeah. Okay. Nice Pope. And, uh, and Modler, what are you seeing? Yeah, I'm going to uh, shorter answer this one. I've got this pretty much right on the market. I've got Penrith at $1.60 and, and South, uh, South Sydney at two sixty seven. So yeah, no interest for me at the moment. I, I noticed on the NRL website, it says Latrell's been named. So I'm not sure if there was a, an injury cloud uh, surrounding him and, and if that's worth keeping an eye on as, as the week progresses. But, um, yeah, yeah, as it stands, no doubt for me. Yeah, he looked like he jarred his knee or rolled his knee just as he was going into a tackle uh, the other night and he was a bit sort of proppy after that. So I, I don't know if that's the incident um, that's um, got him in a little bit of question. But, uh, yeah, the prize bull um, 
straining his knee in the first game is probably not the the best start to the year for him, is it? Yeah, he didn't train today or yesterday, so there is there is some doubt there. So Modler raises a good point there, Mug. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right, guys. Well, that probably ties. You know, there might be a bit of icing on your cake on that uh, South Under too if he's out as well, Pope. You know, that's a big scoring hole in their in their armor uh, or in their arsenal, I, I should say. Um, so, um, yeah, maybe uh, that that under sounds like a play. Yep, it's different upside, I think. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right, boys. Uh, next one, Friday night, and um, another evenly matched contest. I would have thought uh, Para uh, is hosting at Combank Stadium. Cronulla Sharks. We got here dollar fifty-two Para. Cronulla Sharks two fifty-five, and we're sticking with that five and a half line. Uh, the minus dollar ninety-five for Para, and uh, the plus back the other way. Sharks uh, five and a half dollar eighty-five. Um, Modler, I'll throw up to uh, the the uh, the keyboard. Are we seeing anything there for you? Uh, not quite. I've got Parramatta at a dollar fifty one, so just as it ticked over to a dollar fifty two on paper, that's uh, that's that's a, the slightest of edges for me. Probably not enough for me to uh, get involved with. But if they do keep uh, drifting out as the week goes on, I might uh, I might have another look again. Okay, thank you, mate. And yourself, Pope. Yeah, on. I make I make this around minus four, minus four and a half, mug. So it's a slight edge to Cronulla. I wouldn't play the line here. I'd just back Cronulla head to head. It's one of these games that I'd probably stay away from the from the even money here and back them two fifty five. But I think they'll be right in this game. They, they were relatively impressive in a loss to South on the weekend. I just think they're a little bit big, um, and that two fifty five is attractive. They they are missing Nico Hines, who's their talisman. Yeah. Um, but they've got a fairly able replacement there in, in Trindle. Like he's, he's a competent NRL halfback. So they lose they lose something, missing the Dalium medalist from last year. However, I still think that they're going to be right in this game and and I'd be inclined just to back them at the price of 255 here. Okay. All right, mate. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for that one. Boys, um, you maybe not maybe didn't think that you were going to be betting into this one uh, before last week, but... Um, this becomes a really interesting one. We flick over to Saturday evening, uh, 5.30 p.m., KO Stadium, Redcliffe. Uh, the Dolphins uh, at their home venue, again, if I'm not mistaken, Pope, uh, are hosting the Canberra Raiders. Uh, and we've got here the Dolphins, 250. So the bookies have really smartened up that action uh, from, what, seven bucks outsider on the weekend straight into 250. Dollar fifty three here, the Raiders, and uh, and we got five and a half again. I'm pretty sure. So five and a half again. We've got that uh, juice line situation. Dolphins a dollar eighty five. Raiders the favourite five and a half a dollar ninety five. Pope is the reaction too big to the Dolphins here? Talk to us. Not big enough, Mug. And, and the updated information is that's now juice plus four and a half in the two forty five. So they've been back to the Dolphins. I made this. Two and a half this game. I think wow. they're okay. they're a real show. Um, so I'd still back the two forty five. The way this market's moving, I'd get it. I'd back it now, or when the listeners listen to this podcast, hopefully it'll still be there the price. But this was plus six and a half, and I think they're about two seventy five this afternoon. So this is topsport.com.au market mover of the day. Yeah, right. Market. And they're quickly being being shortened up. And as I say, I had this plus two and a half, so I still can find a bet here. Just one for the listeners probably too, like how you do your ratings differs between people, but 
But one measure I find that can be quite helpful at times is if you look at the two teams and come up with a composite 13 or a composite 17 of what the 18 would look like if you took the best players of both. And I could pick six or seven Dolphins players in a composite team. So that's half of that team. They've, got, they've also probably got some, I think, emotional advantage. It's going to be their first game at their yep. at KO Stadium. So I think that emotional uplift will be there as well. That could be compensated with some sort of emotional um, flatness from last week, but I, I still think there's, I still think they're a real show here. Um, they're not as bad as they made out. They're, they're starting 13, especially. They've got first grade experience. They'll be challenged if they get injuries, but the side they're rolling out this weekend is is a decent first grade team. So I find the 245, they despite it quickly shortening them up to be a bet still. Yeah, well, okay, that's interesting, Pope. Thanks so much for that. Modler, do we line up? Yeah, we do. We do. Um, I've got the Dolphins uh, $2.05, so that would be, what, plus half if that. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely a big, big lean for me. Uh, yeah, as, as Pope alluded to, I think when I ran teams through, they were 265 on, on top sport and, and they just keep ticking in. So, yeah, definitely get can involved. get involved at the moment before it, before it gets too short, maybe. Yeah, awesome. And boys, maybe just to back over that one, how do we bet there? Do we do we stick at the line? Do we we go all in on head to head? I know on this podcast we're always probably keen to take a little bit of thirteen plus as well. But uh, strategy there, Modler. Uh, yeah, if, if we're talking um, just the line and the head to head, I'd probably have something like sixty forty line to head to head. Um, yep. Bit bit tricky now that there's a bit of juice on that four and a half. But um, yeah, that sort of all things being. Equal, if you like. That's how I play it. Pope, yourself? I'd probably be 50% of your betting strategy on the line, 35% head-to-head, 15, 13-plus. Yeah. I'd I'd have a little bit of 13-plus here as well. Yeah, okay. Nice. Like it. Uh, Excellent, boys. Really, uh, really good to hear that you're lining up there. Fantastic. And I wasn't necessarily sure that's the way it was going to go. I thought you may have felt that there was an overreaction there in the market. So to hear your boys uh, both saying the same thing um, is interesting and great at the same time. So fantastic. Uh, Melbourne Storm, um, they're hosting. So at Amy again and... uh, Saturday night, so good one for us to uh, tune into our storm. So some good fixturing there from the NRL. Smart stuff by them. Uh, they'll get the Melbourne audience on that one, no doubt. Uh, I don't often compliment the NRL on their fixturing when it comes to the storm. I think they manage to stuff that up most of the year uh, when it comes to us uh, Melbourneites. Um, but dollar uh, thirty-seven here, Melbourne three ten the doggies, and we got seven and a half uh, here. Dollar uh, eighty-five. The toppy are into this dollar eighty-five, dollar ninety-five this week a fair bit. Uh, seven and a half. The storm dollar eighty-five, and the other way, Pope, we're a dollar ninety-five, seven and a half. Of course, uh, the dogs. How do we see this? Yeah, Amy's a fortress for the storm, Mug, as we know. However, this isn't quite the storm team that we know in previous years to come. For one, they're missing Munster, who's out for three weeks with a finger injury that he obtained right. on Thursday night. They're missing Papenhausen, who's out for an extended period of time. They're missing Olam as well. They're missing players. Then you layer that with who they had lead the club at the end of last year, the Bromwich brothers, Felice Cafusi. Yep. They're they're not on paper a great team, and you put a lot of faith in the system that Craig Bellamy incorporates down there. However, I think they're too short here. I think the plus 7.5 and, and $3.10 is really attractive for Canterbury with the team Storm's going to be rolling out. So I'll be on the dogs to travel to Melbourne and come away with a victory, Monk. Yeah, okay. All right. Thanks, Pope. And uh, yourself, Modler? 
Yeah, not uh, quite having an edge on the Bulldogs there. I've got them at 320, so just uh, just a bit too long for the 310 there at top sport at the moment. But, uh, again, that's one to keep an eye on, I think, if, if they do happen to, to drift out later in the yeah. week. And uh, I didn't catch all of the game, Pope, but Welsh looked at still a little bit. He wasn't deep into the action yet. He'll probably take a little bit to warm up as well. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's right, Mike. He's been out for obviously a long period of time, so very yeah. understandable. It's going to be a while till he finds his sea legs. So, and then you look at their back row and a couple of other key positions, especially, especially their um, fullback Nick Maney's like serviceable, but he's no pap. And five eight is going to be Wishart coming in for Munster. So big downgrade there in the key positions. And on the other side of the coin, Canterbury got on paper wallop by Manly thirty one six. But having a look underneath the surface, I think that wasn't quite a fair reflection. That they weren't good, but. There were some opportunistic tries to Cherry Evans in that game, kick that bounced Turbo's way. So the scoreline didn't quite re- quite reflect how Canterbury went. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll bounce back and there'll be some sort of reaction to that performance as well. So yeah, I, I'm really keen on Canterbury in this one. Yeah, okay. All right, good, Pope. That's uh, that's great. Um, and uh, boys, do, I think that might have been it, Pope. Do we have anything else there for the listeners? I'll give you one nugget to finish, Okay, mate, Mark. I think. This is uh, this might be the opposite to AFL, but early in an NRL season, generally scoring's down. So seven of the eight games in round one went under, which was the same last year. Seven eight went under in round one. Round two last year, all eight went under. So I'm going to tip up an exotic oh, unders yes. multi this weekend mug. I'd love it. I think the market's semi aware of it it's sort of there's some low totals there however i think for some games it's it's not low enough so let's just go an eight leg multi on unders it's um nrl seasons generally start defensively orientated that's the focus of most teams um and i think you'll see that pattern emerge again in round two hopefully in a late games awesome mate and uh any games more so than others because i know there'll be a couple of our listeners that'll probably want to have a maybe a couple of different multis. Is there any games in particular that you think are probably more likely to go under than others? Yeah, I'd, I'd say ones, if you were to, the ones I'm less confident about, I'll probably rephrase that question from you, from you a little bit, Mug. Yep. Um, the Parramatta Cronulla are probably at 40 and a half, are probably not as keen on the unders in that one. Um, and the Broncos, Cowboys, on what seems is a, is a dry track up there, I'm, I'm not as keen on. They're, they're probably the two that stand out when my confidence diminishes. All the yep. others, um, I think, are either fair market or, or above. So I'd, I'd be happy enough with those other six, that other six-leg multi to invest that way. But um, I'd also have an eight-leg multi there too. Yeah, awesome, Pope. I, I really like that, mate, to, uh, to round us off. So, uh, Modler, was there anything else to add there for yourself? No, not, not much. Uh... Um, it's interesting you mentioned the, the, the round one and round two totals. I posed a question to a good friend of the program, uh, King, and uh, he, he had a similar angle uh, for, for last week to either back all overs or all, all unders, if you like. So yep. with, the, with the kind of uh, theory that, you know, the, the refs might be having a uh, had a word in their ear about how to, how to ref the game. So um, obviously paid off last weekend. And, and yeah, with any luck, it'll, it'll continue in round two. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Well, uh, thanks, Modler, for the no tip on last week's action. And uh, 
<laughs> the old after the fact uh, tip up. Uh, that's that's great. Um, yeah. um, but uh, boys, that's been fantastic. Really good chat, and uh, great to have the the Pope back. You know, we're we're really into the swing of it now, aren't we? Round uh, round two of NRL is upon us. Not too many more sleeps to go for NR, uh, AFL to swing around uh, for us as well. And, of course, next week uh, we will be into the normal flow of the season. And Modler's going to fire up the AFL model uh, for some future stuff uh, next week as well. So we'll have a little bit of futures and we'll be back to um, – normal week's previews uh, coming into next week. So uh, really looking forward to that. And of course, the big weekend of NRL action this week. So boys, really good to uh, to catch up, Pope. Good to see you as always, Modler. Pope, it's your first week back. You've come in flying, going really well. Can you sign us off? I certainly can, Mark. Gamble responsibly, but more importantly, gamble to win.